I'm a lawyer, so uh, what I'm going to tell to you is uh, something which uh, most of you are very familiar with. So there will be some repetitions, I guess, but um, forgive me for this. So my task here is to give you the legal view from Brussels on this fascinating topic. And um, let me start with um, providing you with a little bit of context, because uh, surprisingly enough, we've been talking a lot of fundamental rights, but I haven't heard the word fundamental rights charta, the EU fundamental rights charta, because that is the compass. I, in the European Commission, in DG Justice, in the Data Protection Unit, this is the first port of call when I'm dealing with data protection and freedom of expression issues. Um, why is this so important? Because the EU Charter of Fundamental Rights, which is now part of primary law, um, makes a very significant distinction, significant distinction for what we're talking today. Namely, it has Article 8 as a fundamental right to the protection of personal data. It speaks of Article 11 as the fundamental right for the freedom of expression, but it also has Article 7, which is the fundamental right to protection of private life. Now, you can see from this that there are two aspects. Article 8 of the European Convention of Human Rights is about private life and encompasses the right to personal data protection. In the EU Charter of Fundamental Rights, that has been split. It's Article 7, which is about fundamental right to private life, and Article 8 about the data protection fundamental right. We've been talking a lot today about we need to find a balance between two contradicting or conflicting fundamental rights, namely the fundamental right to personal data protection on the one hand side and the fundamental right to freedom of expression on the other side. Um, what does this actually mean, this balancing? Um, it doesn't mean, certainly, that you have two fundamental rights clashing against each other and one of them wins. Not at all. It's what a German constitutional lawyer would call, you need to apply praktische concordance. You need to find the optimal way to reconcile and apply those fundamental rights together so that you always respect the essence of both fundamental rights. Now that's the perspective uh, I come from when I talk about the data protection regulation. I'd like to focus um, my part today on what we in the European Commission actually thought and, and drafted when we drafted the very provision on data protection and freedom of expression, Article 80 in the regulation. I won't lose a lot of words on the general data protection regulation as such. You all know that it's the Commission's, it's part of a package for the reform of the data protection legislative framework in the European Union. We have adopted this in the Commission on in January 2012, and it really sets out our vision, our ideas of how data protection rules should look like in Europe, and for today's topic, how data protection should live with freedom of expression. Obviously, I disagree with anyone who had in, in this room who said earlier that um, there are onerous provisions. Um, I very much argue in favor that we have drafted very clear provisions 
that we aim at better protection for individuals, we aim at better rules for businesses, and we certainly aim at better enforcement of all these rules, and we believe that these rules are future-proof. Now, let me turn to Article 80 of our proposed regulation. Article 80 um, is a provision on data protection and freedom of expression. You've heard it before, that's why it can be very short. Um, Article 80 indeed says member states shall provide exemptions or derogations. That means there is a clear obligation to act on a member state. From these exemptions and derogations relate to certain aspects of the proposed regulation, um, in particular rights for data subjects, um, obligations for controllers and processors, um, but no exemptions or derogations are allowed for the main definitions and principles and for the remedies. Then this is about processing of personal data carried out solely for journalistic purposes and artistic and literary um, activity, the JLA, in order to reconcile data protection and freedom of expression. We've heard this before. And then there is a second paragraph to this. Member states shall notify their rules to the European Commission and inform the Commission on what they have actually done. Now, you've heard from other speakers before me, uh, especially from Peter Hustings, um, that this all very much sounds like uh, what we already know today, namely, this is really much the language of Article 9 of the current Data Protection Directive. Yes and no. Um, it is almost exactly the same wording as Article 9. And um, Article 9, as we have before, doesn't give necessarily any guidance to member states or to controllers or to individuals how this reconciliation should be achieved. There is nothing in the provision of Article 9, and subsequently in Article 80, which actually tells you what to do, other than member states have to have laws to reconcile where this is necessary. And indeed, in practice, we have heard um, today already the very good examples from Spain, from the UK, from uh, the Netherlands, on how this is applied in practice. Um, I'd like to add a little bit to this, because it just shows you the breadth and the width of the uh, rules. For example, the need to extend the exception to everyone, and not just to journalists, artists, or writers, is recognized particularly by Denmark and Sweden, where the data protection law does not apply to the extent of violating the freedom of expression. We've seen this in the very nice, fleshy and colorful um, charts from <laughs> the learned colleague over there. Um, Luxembourg has a rule, for example, that says, this is without prejudice to the, to the rules in the legislation on mass communication media. Um, so it's focusing Luxembourg on mass media communication, not just journalist activities. Um, Italian law, for example, says that data on private matters may only be reported if there is a substantial public interest, unless the data subject has made the data public or if the publication is justified in the public conduct of the data subject. Austrian law says um, 
if it's necessary to fulfill the information providing task of media companies, media service providers and their employees. Only to that extent you have specific rules. Um, Spain, we've heard, France has a lot of exemptions, but also stating explicitly that these exemptions are without prejudice to the rules in civil and criminal law of defamation. Um, I dispute the findings from our host that Germany totally exempts the media from anything. Um, I think quite the contrary is true. The German data protection law does apply. The media is not exempted from the application of the principles of data protection, but has some specificities which says the interests of data subjects and controllers must be balanced differently in this context um, in comparison to others. Um, other member states, Belgium, uh, Portugal, you have exemptions, but they are more specific. Um, for example, in Belgian law, you have the issue that the protection of sources should be taken into account, or um, a situation where the normal rules would hamper the collection of information which is relevant in the journalistic context. So, <clears throat> again, this just serves as a very much a live confirmation that there is a wide variety of member states' laws in the field of data protection where member states try to reconcile this with their idea of freedom of expression. Um, we also heard that there has been a useful judgment from the European Court of Justice in 2008, uh, the Sata Media judgment, the Finnish case. Um, and the court, again, I remind you, what did the court say? It, it emphasized and stressed that at European level, freedom of expression is so fundamental, it is so important that you have to interpret the notion of journalism very broadly. That doesn't mean, in my view, that uh, you should do away with the journalistic purposes, etc. You just apply the broad interpretation of the Court of Justice to the very wording which we currently have. But then the Court of Justice also says, but because we also have a fundamental right to the protection of personal data, you need to balance it and you need to have derogations only and in as so far as strictly necessary to um, find this balance. Um, the Court of Justice then says, um, when does this apply, this provision relating to Article 9? Well, it only applies, or it always applies, when this is about the disclosure of inf public, to the public of information, opinions, and ideas, irrespective of the medium. So indeed, it, can, it is a very, very broad notion of, of this provision. Um, show me anything which is not for the public, which you can interpret as uh, this is information to the public. And it also says this is not only relating, this Article 9 exemption this does not only relate to media undertakings, but to everyone who is engaged in journalistic activity. So indeed a very broad interpretation, very much uh, freedom of expression friendly, but at the same time trying to uh, provide the limits by saying only when it's strictly necessary. Now, 
short recap. So we have today Article 9 on data protection and freedom of expression. And then you would look and ask me, now when we look at your Article 80 in the proposed regulations, what has really changed? Haven't you, have you just, as the Commission, haven't you just not taken the wording from Article 9, applied the SATA media interpretation, and that's it? Well, in a way, yes, that's true. Um, we have taken the wording of Article 9 in the current directive, and we have read the SATA media judgment, and with that in mind, we have drafted the new Article 80. And this allows us to achieve two objectives. Namely, first, we remain technology, technologically neutral, so we are not specifying search engines have these and these obligations, or the press as such has these and these obligations. It doesn't even talk about the internet. And we are providing flexibility for member states. Um, what we're saying is the data protection regulation does apply, the principles do apply to every processing of personal data, but you may have national flavors when it comes <laughs> to reconciliation with the necessities for freedom of expression. But there is more to it. There is a fundamental difference, or there will be a fundamental difference once the regulation is adopted, hopefully in its current form, namely, that we have a regulation. So we have the data protection principles set in stone, one single law, hopefully clear enough for everyone, and we will have better enforcement of those rules. And when it comes to freedom of expression, we'll have specific notification to the Commission of what those national rules are for reconciliation of data protection and freedom of expression. And of course, the regulation must be read together with um, the household exemption, which is also built in, which is also replicating what we know from the current directive, that these rules do not apply if you're processing personal data um, just in your private and personal capacity and you're not disseminating it to an indefinite number in the public. So, short recap. You have a commission official sitting in front of you telling you that there is a case for data protection and a widespread and wide variety of national rules when it comes to freedom of expression. Doesn't that sound like the perfect invitation to centralize everything and harmonize it so that we have only one common European rule? Well, um, this is not very often that you get a European Commission official to say that, but the European Commission has decided not to do this. We have looked very carefully at the current situation in member states, and we have looked at our competence and powers and legal basis. And that is Article 16 of the Treaty on the Functioning of the European Union, which says the European Union has the power to harmonize the rules for the protection of personal data. It doesn't say, and the rules for harmonizing uh, freedom of expression um, interests. And on top, we have seen um, the very diverse application and the very diverse rules and the very diverse understanding of how to reconcile data protection and freedom of expression. 
So indeed, we don't find a consensus yet in Europe on what this reconciliation is and how it should be done. Um, and certainly we have not heard during our three years of public consultation that this is a point of discussion or of very huge interest. And that may also be because in the air of the press, of the media, of freedom of expression, internet archives, online availability, we do have in Europe, in the individual member states, a lot of other legal remedies. We've heard this before. You, have, you can have recourse to civil law, to criminal law. You have libel laws, defamation laws. You have the right to your own picture, the right to your own image. Um, just recently, uh, the, the highest German civil court has decided on a case about precisely a convicted person who wanted a news um, organization to delete information on him, which they had stocked in the archives during the trial, um, because exactly with the argument, no, I've, I've served my time, now it's, it's enough, you shouldn't have this information on my archives. The German highest civil court has dealt with this in its appeal functions in 25 pages, and you will not find once the word data protection. It is all based on civil law remedies, tort, and uh, freedom of expression considerations. So, not a problem, very diverse views, no consensus, very feeble legal basis to do anything here. So, we decided there will be no indirect harmonization on the rules of freedom of expression. We are not going to define what is a journalist in the European Union. We are not going to define um, what is media, what is not media in the European Union, because that we would have had to do to, to have legal certainty in the regulation. So no indirect harmonization through the back door. Um, yet, uh, to be fair, there are already some EU legislation aspects where you will find individual aspects of harmonization. For example, in the um, audio-visual media directive, which is essentially the old Television Without Frontiers directive, you have a harmonized right to uh, reply. You have to have a right to reply. Or you have, in what we call the Brussels One regulation, you have provisions on when is a civil court, when does a civil court have jurisdiction in, in Europe about um, tort claims, for example. So it's back to the member states. I conclude, because my time has, has come up, um, today's law in Europe on data protection, and hopefully tomorrow's law on data protection, is based on the Article 8 and Article 11 of the EU Charter of Fundamental Rights. It means that data protection law should apply in principle to anything which has to do with press, media, freedom of expression issues. Um, derogations must, in any case, follow the principle of proportionality and necessity. Uh, you must always have redress for individuals. Uh, you must also look at what are other remedies which might be available. And um, this means the future framework in the European Union actually reflects very nicely the motto of the European Union, which is in Vielfalt geeint, uni dans la diversité, united in diversity. And maybe after 
a common debate, and maybe after we've reached some consensus, we will get there one day. But today, I have to state clearly, we are not there yet. We don't have a consensus in member states about how to reconcile data protection and freedom of expression. So life is not black and white. Obviously, it's shades of gray, and we'll have to live with this for the time being. Thank you very much.